From Real Ghost Stories Online.com. Welcome to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again for another episode. Thank you for subscribing to the show. If you've not done so yet, press that subscribe button on iTunes, on Stitcher, on YouTube, whatever you may be listening to us on. Press subscribe, please. I can't ask you again. Actually, I will probably every single episode forever. Uh, but please do press subscribe because uh, that helps us uh, grow the show and it helps you get the episodes as soon as they are released. Uh, also, giving away that bonus episode still, too. So if you want to in on bonus episode number two, give us a nice review there on iTunes. Email me the username you did it under and I'll email you back with a bonus episode. My email address is Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, fun swag available for you now in the uh, little gift store we have uh, on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Check that out. Great stuff for fall. Uh, and you can just find that right there on our little main menu. I believe it's uh, what is it, like shop our store or something. What does it say? What does it say on the website? Do you know? I don't know. I got to read the website. I, I'm, I'm, I only wrote it, so I, why would I know? Shop our store. It says okay. it right there on the website. So click shop our store and you will do that. Check out some of the cool stuff it helps support our show and helps uh, deliver this to you every single week because uh yeah, bandwidth isn't free uh as we are finding out as uh around two hundred thousand of you are listening every month so there you go uh how are you doing this fine day i'm great how are you i am splendid and uh i think we got a lot of calls we got a lot of good stuff here today to uh to cover uh, some feedback on some uh, things that we've uh, recently uh, talked about. Uh, the first one is kind of just interesting. Um, it's a take on uh, somebody saying that there's there's two types of hauntings. I'll read this and we can discuss. Uh, according to many sources, there are two types of hauntings, intelligent and residual. Uh, in an intelligent haunting, you can interact with the spirit, but in the case of residual hauntings, it's just a restless uh, psychic or mental energy replaying itself over and over again for whatever reason, but the entity is not there. Uh, it's just what I've read. You can accept it or not. It's a matter of what seems to make the most sense to you. And I've heard that, too, before. but I've not heard that, but that does explain why I've always wondered why you've got the the ghost of the mother that's looking for their child or sure. the widow, you know, that is doing the same thing over and over. I think there's more than that. I guess maybe maybe that's like the, the starting point of the branches okay. of all the hauntings. So I guess I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that in the intelligent especially, it can branch off into a lot of different things. Yeah. You know, whether it be demonic, whether it be angry ghost who was a person who was on the earth once and a happy person who was on the earth once and indifferent person, you know, just all the different types of people out there. Um, you know, and I think when it comes to the intelligent too, uh, ghosts that were human or non-human, I think they all have slightly different uh, goals in mind. I think some are probably just there to screw with people uh, and they may have been human. And of course, you have the demonic ones that are really there just to screw with people and, you know, mess with them and steal their soul or whatever you want to assume. Uh, out of that um as far as the residual ones i think that one's more of the dead end ghosts yeah that's where those hauntings uh, i guess you kind of exactly you hit the dead end it's mm-hmm. like okay this is going to keep repeating itself you can't ask it to go away because it's not really there to respond to you or know it's there it's just energy which is is interesting and kind of troubling but on the same thought you know if it's just residual energy won't that over time fade i mean it may take a couple centuries but i guess but where what i don't understand about that is where did the the conscious part of that go and why is part of it still there replaying i, I don't know that, that to me i believe it it happens mm-hmm. it exists but why is it not conscious I don't know. That's, that's, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea. It's just, it's one of those things where you get more and more questions. Uh, I mean, and I, I would say when I first started doing this show, that's pretty much kind of what I thought there was. Okay. Those two things. And then the more we've talked to people, the more stories, the more it's just like, oh, well, I didn't think about that angle of it either. Um, I think that's like the first on. two branches of the tree, you know? Yeah. And then it goes to craziness. Mm-hmm. Like if you've ever gone to the, the ancestry.com website and start exploring your family tree. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Which by the way, you need to cancel that service. I know we do. I just wanted to. Uh, <laughs> but, Thank uh, you. but seriously, that, that, um, 
it's crazy. You don't realize how deep you can get into mm-hmm. those branches. I mean, everyone knows your family tree can get pretty big. When you start playing with that stuff, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. It's like great, 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 great. And then all the people that are mixed in there. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, another uh, letter. Here's a real scary story. This weekend, we traveled from San Antonio to Amarillo. I plan to listen to Real Ghost Stories online on our long nine-hour drive on my Verizon phone. Well, there was no service, so I was forced to look out the window and see if I would spot any ghosts in the darkness. And nothing. Then we got to Amarillo. We stayed at La Quinta. At night, I got my laptop ready to listen to Real Ghost Stories online. And the internet reception wasn't working there either. <laughs> so no. I never got to listen to my shows until we got back home. Worst nightmare ever. Oh, that's sweet. That is sweet. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we stayed at a dandy too the other day. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, what was the name of the town? Lamar, Colorado. Lamar, Colorado. Now there's not a lot of choices. We have to say the name of the hotel or anything like that, but um, it was one of those hotels. I, I don't, I didn't really have a creepy feeling about it other than I just felt like the building should probably be condemned. Yeah. It, 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 the last time I had stayed there, I was a kid. So it'd yeah. been 20, 25 years ago. Sure. And I had good memories of it. Sure. And I talked to my parents. And at the time, you know, that was probably the place in town to stay. Yeah. Indoor yeah. pool, heated and everything. And it had the, the, I have no other word to describe it other than like the holodome. And it was not the Holiday Inn of right. the city. Maybe it had been at one time. I don't know if it was that or a Best Western or something. But I think it was a Best Western in its younger yeah. days, but it's not anymore. But it had that that uh, that courtyard that yeah. a lot of the old hotels in the seventies and the eighties had that I remember playing in and thinking they were just magnificent mm-hmm. and. They were awesome. That I remember, like going to like many, like some of my aunt's weddings and stuff. They had at those type of hotels, and they were kind of kept up. And up until almost the early '90s, a lot of those places were they tried to somewhat keep them up. But when they built them, I think in the '70s or the '60s, I don't think they realized how expensive it is to keep up an Olympic-sized pool in a motel. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And then slowly they get downgraded. Slowly the pools got smaller and smaller to the point where they couldn't keep up even that. Or I can imagine heating and cooling that large room and then trying to keep the rooms up anyway. Uh, the, the five locks on the door was was dandy. But my favorite of the locks on the door, because yeah. there were that many that I have a favorite. <laughs> for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, it looked like the zombie apocalypse. We we're ready for Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, was the homemade, <laughs> um, it's like galvanized wire. Yeah, it looked kind of like a noose. That was plastic coated that somebody had looped and screwed into the door and you just simply took it and looped it around the doorknob. Now, that was, that was the... You could tell the last thought, the final, we need to have... Just in case. My question is, what happened to where that became what they needed to put on the door? They had to go that far. When the other four locks failed, because you have to assume at some point, the other four deadbolts and padlocks, and I don't even know what you call some of them, where the, the thing flips over the door, failed... In some room, obviously. Yeah. All four of them. And they went, well, if we would have just had... That wire loop. Wire loop that we can attach to the door. We've got pictures of this. We are not even making this. You can't make this shit up. That person would have been murdered in their room. See, and that's that's why I didn't ask what the story was. We're going to catch it next time. I don't want to know why they had to have that added. And we'd like to thank you for uh, putting up with our room by giving you a free pancake and egg in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody that worked there was happy no, at all. Because no. when I checked out, too, I said, we had a couple issues with the room. And she just looked at me all tatted up. And I got to assume probably most people in the town are fairly tatted up. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. My dad is tatted up from head no, to toe. No, there isn't. Um, but she just looked at me and she looked like she had kind of a rough life there. And she looks at me and she goes, <sighs> What were the problems? Yeah. <laughs> I went through a laundry list. Well, your walls are rotting. Uh, the shower curtains falling off the wall. The shower head shoots one way. The we took pictures of mold. Floors are dirty. Uh, it sounded like someone was shooting uh, at the air conditioner throughout the evening. Yeah, it was just kind of shitty. Okay, well, here's here's like $10 off your room or something. 
Yeah. Like, oh, thank you for that. Well, because you were so kind, I'm going to go to TripAdvisor and leave a stunning review of your hotel. So the next trip from here out there, yeah. we will just get up early and push all the way through the extra two hours to make it back to yeah. someplace else. I was, you know, for that, I was hoping for maybe a ghost or something, but it just it wasn't. That's a hotel that it would be fun to urban explore in about 10 years when it's completely abandoned and it's just infested with cats. You think so? I think so, because that's what it, that eventually is what's going to happen. Hotels like that cannot survive anymore with things like Yelp and TripAdvisor. They could skirt along before people could actually vent th- about their horrific stays at these places. Now that, that these things exist, uh, they get taken out. Because everybody checks that stuff, and eventually no one will stay there. I mean, there was barely anyone there when we were there. I know, but I have a feeling. And it's peak travel summer season right now. These are the most traveled weeks of the summer. I have a feeling there's a certain type of clientele that will be probably picking that establishment over the others. I don't know, Based because on there's price. a lot of shit hotels in that town. Well, that's true. And there's not a lot of people in that town. That's true. I don't know. I think that that one, it's it's going to be, I don't know. I think even that clientele is going to look at those rooms and go, yeah, I got a good odds of getting the disease from the person I'm doing this with. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't increase those odds with what's living in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, anyhow, uh, that, that's that's the rant about that. I could see it being a fun urban exploration place or horribly haunted because of all those locks. I just want to know. No, I don't want to know. We should call. We should just call and be like, hey, I'm just curious. I'm just curious about your hotel. Why Why was there five locks on Why is there the loop that goes around the doorknob? I get hung up on very quickly. Yeah. Um, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost story. If you have one to share with us, we would absolutely love to hear it. 855-853-4802. Or if you can, you've, uh, can, uh, let's try that again. Or you can, of course, that's what I'd like to say. <laughs> so I think that's really bad EVP. <laughs> My God, did you hear that EVP at 1201 in that show? God, they were like talking in reverse. <laughs> You can, of course, uh, write into us at realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, uh, Angela wrote in, this story is in response to the question, are there ghost pets? Going back to when I was 12 years old, we had to put my cat Tika down because she had stomach cancer and that had spread to her organs. I was heartbroken and she was only seven and she was my best friend. One night I was lying in bed half asleep when I felt a cat jump up and walk on my stomach and curl up. Which is not weird, as we had two other cats who would often sleep with me. I looked down uh, to greet what I thought was one of my cats, but there was nothing there. I was not scared. I just thought it must be Tika coming to let me know she was okay. Recently, I visited a psychic medium who told me that my cat says uh, that she loves me and misses me. She said that your cat is showing me a vision of her sitting in your chest and licking your face. I was shocked she knew that because it's exactly... Uh, how she would fall asleep on me almost every night. I feel the animals that have passed are always with you, but sometimes make their presence known to comfort you or let you know that they are okay. I like that story. I'm sorry for your loss, but I do like that Tika came back. I do too, and I don't like psychic uh, pet, pet psychics. You don't like pet psychics? I don't like pet psychics, because I think it's a giant racket. Really? I, I think people psychics? Okay, Sure. I, I can get that. I think the pet psychic thing, way too easy to take advantage of people on. People, you got to be a little bit more specific. Now, that's been proven you can BS people pretty well there, too. But pet psychics, oh, she's licking you. Yeah, most pets do that. You know, not to discount your story. Not, I mean, I, I fully believe you felt the, the cat come up and jump on you. Because I want to talk about that in a second, too. But pet psychics, I don't know. Are you on? Are you? How do you feel about? Pet I don't really have an opinion on pet psychics, um, but I think if it brought her some comfort, what's sure. the harm? Yeah, you're right. I just hope she didn't pay too much for that. Well, but if it brought her some comfort, what's the harm? Yeah. and that I'm sorry. I don't know. I've had cats. I never had a cat that would look my face. So that's pretty unique. I did. Really? I had a cat that obsessed. She was like OCD. She's still alive. That's Scruffles. Scruffles did that? Who lives that? with my parents. Scruffles hates you. She does now. 
But uh, that's because my mother groomed her to hate me. Okay. Well. <laughs> she did. Not, I swear to God, this cat not, used to love me. Okay. Not all cats are face lickers. So yeah. for the psychic sure. to come up with that for um, okay. for her cat, you know, I mean, there's sure. there's some things there that are kind of unique. Sure. And we know it's interesting what she said about uh, where she felt the, the presence of the cat, because I, I just kind of thought of this now, and I've never really talked about this, but... Um, I remember after um, my cat Kitty died, I remember being a kid and I would be, and she used to sleep on the edge of my bed at night when I was little. And for years later, I would feel like I'd be laying there in bed and I would think the cat jumped on the bed. Like I felt like the cat was there and mm-hmm. I'd, I'd look up and there'd be nothing there. And I'd just go back to sleep, think nothing of it, just think oh, I was weird. But I wasn't even thinking ghost cat. Yeah. But I almost wonder. Maybe she was just there to be with you, even though you did throw her over the railing. She could be. When you were, what, three? I was three. I was horrible <laughs> to that cat. But that, the that, cat loved you. That cat loved me very much. And I loved that cat. She was the nicest, kindest cat in the world. Um, but And she died when I was about eight or mm-hmm. so. Um, and uh, was there like from when I was born. But I never, th- I, I never thought of that. Maybe, I, I don't know. I I could really see that because I was so many times it really felt like the cat jumped on the bed and this, the cat we had after that Murphy never they wanted nothing to do with me yeah half the time um, but I would that's my my initial thought half the time was that Murphy had jumped on the bed mm-hmm. and I'd look down there and no cat okay nothing go to bed it might have been ghost cat ghost kitty ghost kitty and I'm not making that up I really yeah that's an interesting observation revelation. Right there on the show. Okay. Ghost kidding. I would tell my mom about that. <laughs> you know, I don't have any ghost pet no? stories. No, but I do have one that I I understand the bond you can have with an animal. I felt that way with my Greyhound Powerball. But then also I had a cat, Chloe, for about five years. Mm-hmm. And Chloe was a special cat because she had had a litter of kittens when she was only like six months old Mm -hmm. and it stunted her growth. And I got her after that, but she was like kitten size her whole life. She never grew into a full size cat. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I had her and I had her trained to where she would go out a cat door to go potty and come back in. Well, my daughter and I were moving out of our house at the time I was getting a divorce and I couldn't find Chloe and I knew that she was probably a little scared because there was a lot of people helping move and stuff and I couldn't find her and I couldn't find her. Well, I was, I was done moving and I couldn't find her. And then I heard this little faint noise by the porch mm-hmm. and I look over and she's there and something had gotten a hold of her or she had been hit by a car or something and she was all torn up, yeah. just all torn up. And I'm already emotional because of what I'm going through. So I pick her up and I take her to the vet. And I said, I am in the process of moving. Can you please help take care of her? Do what you can. And um, they called me back and they said that they literally did not know how that cat was still alive. Wow. They just really did not know because she was already... Mm -hmm. And they said that it was best to just go ahead and put her out of her misery. There was nothing they could do. But they said she must have been hanging on till you found her because they just they said they there was no way that any other cat. um, Sure. I think they do that sometimes. They have. It's like the nine lives. You know, they are very resilient animals. Well, she probably used up three hanging on for me to find her. Yeah. But that would have killed me to never seen her again. Not know what happened. Yeah. Just disappeared. or something. Yeah. Yeah. I love cats. I wish we could have one. I wish I wasn't allergic to them. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because I grew up, you'd be like, you're allergic to them. You're talking about the cat. Yeah, you're right. I had cats growing up. My mom attributed saying I had a mold allergy. <laughs> you're allergic to mold. There's mold around here. No, I realized it was the cats after I moved out. Aww. <laughs> Which, by the way, we'll have my mom on the show later in the week. We can confront her about that. Hopefully later. we can talk her into being on the show. Oh, there's no option. Okay. <laughs> pretty much. Oh, would you like to uh, stay here in the house and see your grandchildren? That's horrible. Okay. You blackmail your parents into being on our show. She'll be happy to be on the show. She will. He's not like that to his mom. He's no. really not. She'll be happy to be on the show because she'll like she. She used to play radio station with me. Okay. Uh, when I was the first time I was playing radio station in my home. 
<laughs> before I had the career and then to the 360 and ended up back in my house playing, playing radio, radio station. station. This time with a real audience, not just the cat. Um, so, uh, in fact, we found a tape of that the other day. Mm-hmm. And we the garage, like, hey, listen, it was the first round of radio. Um, so she'll come in and, and she'll play radio station with us. It'll be great fun. Yes. Maybe she'll make us a snack. <laughs> <laughs> Ants on a log? You like celery and peanut butter now. I do. But not raisins. I like raisins. You do like raisins? I love craisins better. Maybe she'll do craisins. Okay. It'll be ladybugs in a lot. Yep, that's right. 855-853-4802 as we discuss your favorite childhood snack foods. Yes. Hi, Tony and Jen. Um, This is Tulupe. I was calling, I think, actually, I've been contemplating to call you to tell my story. I'm actually even nervous to see you and talk about it. This brings horrible... Um, it was a horrible memory that I had. Um, see, I'm even nervous just even thinking about it. Um, but, uh, well, there goes. This is my story. Um, this happened when I was 12 years old. And my mom at that time, uh, she was she was working late at night. Um, she cleaned offices at, at night. And... I remember that night, um, that summer night, my mom told me that um, that I had to wash the dishes. Um, you know, when she got home, she wanted the house, the, the kitchen clean. So I said, yeah, I would clean, visit, and wash the dishes. And my mom, she ended up leaving that night to go work. Well, I was watching TV late at night, and all of a sudden it's Two, two something in the morning and I decided just to go and wash the dishes just so I wouldn't get in trouble with my mom the next day. Um, well, I remember that my whole family, my, my, my stepdad and my sisters were, were sleeping already in their bedroom. And I go into the kitchen, put on my headphones, start listening to music. And there's a small uh, small window next to the kitchen. It would be, so as I'm washing the dishes, there's a window facing my, uh, on my left side. And once again, it was during the summer. Well, all of a sudden, I just felt a cold breeze just come in into the house. And I just got chills, literally. I, I just got chills, and all of a sudden, I just felt like somebody was watching me. I just freaked out for a little bit and I looked outside the window. It was pitch black, you couldn't see anything, literally nothing. Well, I started freaking out because all of a sudden, out of the hallway, there, there was a coat closet. And I started hearing my name. And I heard my name three times, calling Lupe. I literally freaked out and I just started crying. Like, fear just pretty much came into my body. And the only thing I could think is just to run away. Um, but to go, towards, to go towards the bedroom that my stepdad and my mom slept in, I had to go through the coat closet. So I literally just ran. I don't know how I did it, but I just ran through the hall. And I, I just felt like somebody was chasing me. Well, I woke up my stepdad and he... I was so freaked out that my stepdad, he said, what happened? What happened? Are you okay? I'm like, I'm like, dad, um, somebody has, somebody called my name from the coat closet three times. He's like, no, no, it's just your imagination. You're just freaking out. Like he took it as that. Well, I couldn't sleep. So I ended up going to the bedroom, um, to, to, to my bedroom with my sister. Um, we shared a, a room where it was three girls, so we shared a room. I couldn't sleep that whole the whole night and morning. So I had to go to school the next day. Well, my mom comes and I tell her what happened. And she's like, well, maybe, you know, it was just your imagination. I was like, well, no, I don't think it's my imagination if I actually literally heard my name. Well, I ended up, she sent me to school without sleep. I ended up going. And I remember that I was in class and my science class. All of a sudden, I was so, so, I was so freaked out that I started scratching my hand and literally started like ripping the skin off my hand because I was scratching so much and I was so nervous. 
Well, my teacher saw that, and they called my mom, and they said, well, Lupa's not fine. Um, can you guys come and pick her up? So um, my mom ended up going to school to pick me up, and I was just so freaked out, and I couldn't, I couldn't even think straight. I was just thinking about that what happened. And all of a sudden, I started getting suicidal thoughts. For some reason, I just wanted to, if I was, I was just thinking, I, I just kill yourself, kill yourself. That was my thought. Well, I ended up committing, committing suicide. I drank a whole bottle of pills. Um, didn't work. I was just really sick. And my mom took me to the doctor the next day and told him what happened. So they sent me to, um, they obviously were asking, are you suicidal? Are you still having suicidal thoughts? Do we have to hospitalize you? And I said, well, I am getting thoughts, but um, I'm not, I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm getting the thoughts. Well, they ended up sending me to a therapist and obviously a therapist thought I was a loony. And I just kind of let it go. I didn't even think about it, I just let it go. And I just, then, just, I knew they weren't going to believe me. She was obviously believing me what I was telling her. Um, so my mom, her next step was to take me to um, to go see a, a Catholic priest. Because the Catholic priest was like, well, you guys are not Catholic, so you guys should go to your church. My mom was so embarrassed to take me to her Christian church, because obviously they would say it, it was the devil that obviously was coming after me. So her, you know, she was obviously upset and I was upset because I was still had fear of, you know, I was being watched at night, I couldn't sleep. I still had suicidal thoughts. Well, we ended up going to my home church and that was a Christian church. And they, you know, um, the people from the church decided to go to my mom's house and bless the, the apartment. They just, I remember they coming over, praying for me, praying for the house, went through each room and they started praying. Well, since that happened, um, things changed, things in that house changed. I didn't feel fear, suicidal thoughts went away and everything was just, it was, it went back, it was fine. But that's my story. Um, but I'm, I'm even freaked out to even think about it right now. That was actually my story. I have a few more. Um, I've always had paranormal stuff happen to me since I was a kid, um, till now. Um, thank you for listening for my story. I enjoy listening to your show. Um, so, okay. Thank you and have a good day. Bye. And we appreciate your call. And I always feel bad when they're nervous to call because I'm like, you know, we believe you. We want to hear your story and everything, but... Um, what do you think that was? Like an attempted possession? It sounds like it. Yeah. You know, if if you can rule out any sort of mental illness or anything like that, that she may have been dealing with, but it sounds like that kind of was ruled out. It was very brave of her to call and, yeah. and share that. Yeah. I mean, because I, 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 again, this is a situation where I think they did all the right things mm-hmm. as far as go get medical help. You, yeah. You can't just go, it's a demon, you know, off the bat. Um, but, you know, once it passed and no instances of it ever again or since, um, you know, that's one of those things where you can only kind of retrospectively look at it and go, I think this might have been something demonic or something that was not a mental illness. Well, and I think she would have shared with us if there'd been other sure. other instances. Yeah. I mean, retrospectively, it sounds like it was something that mm-hmm. was, you know, um, almost an attempted possession or something yeah. of that nature. But I think, again, like at that time, they did everything they should they correctly yeah. get to the medical attention and because that's one of those things where something can snap with somebody someday and you can go down that path and it's nothing to do with demons or spirits it's a chemical mental imbalance you're yeah right. um but in this case it sounded like yeah uh it was you know and i don't know all those stages i should i will eventually you know where you know it, it what, do you know them off the top of your head yeah where, i know them right off the top, off the top of, my, of your head yeah because i've been bam, doing bam, this bam, what two yeah. months now exactly right um uh the repression 
uh, to the possession of the person. It's right in that area. Um, that's what it sounds like. It's interesting that the name was being called out three times. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of the three-time knock thing. Um, so, yeah, it does sound like something was trying to take her over. Yeah. Um, so I'd be freaked out, too. I mean, it's been, it, you can hear it in her voice. She was very disturbed by what had happened to her. Um, and I'm glad to hear that, uh, you know, she's, it sounds like she's doing better now. But, uh, yeah, that, I mean, it'd be horrible, especially as a child, you know, to go through that. Because you're a kid. Nobody's going to really take what you're saying that, that seriously, you know. Right. You know, or, you know, that, you know, anything ghostly is going on. Right. They're just not going to believe it. Like, oh, whatever. It's going to be the other way. So, um, interesting story. Thank you for sharing with, uh, with us and being brave enough to call in uh, and share that, uh, that story. You know, by doing that, there's other people who hear these stories and they go, you know what? I've been, uh, you know, harboring this in my mind, you know, for so long, these things that have happened to them. And they end up calling in and, and sharing their stories. And we that's great because sometimes just getting it out there and being able to tell it to people and, uh, you know, like-minded individuals who are not going to go, you're crazy, uh, and are rather going to go, okay, I, I believe this happened to you. Um, and it, you know, maybe, I don't know if it helps some cl- put some closure to it or just some, um, I don't know, what, what would the word, validity? Yeah, you know, both. I think it. closure and validity. Because, for one, to know other people have gone through something yeah. very similar, that makes you feel less isolated yeah but then you know to know kind of what it is or or to try and figure it out you know there's the closure part it's group therapy for the paranormally affected there we go that's what our show is new (laughs) t-shirt new t-shirt okay and i think we should start using that at the beginning of the show okay group therapy for the paranormally affected yeah because i like that slogan that's that's very good 855-853-4802 with your real ghost story another caller here hi hi it's mary from california again thought i'd share a couple of instances where uh spirits came to me to pass on messages to loved ones uh the first one most everything that comes to me is out of the blue in public places. Um, but by word of mouth, sometimes I get an email or a message from somebody asking for a read. And I immediately will stop them that they don't tell me anything else. Just give me a picture and the person's first name. Uh, this one gal, though, I'd known a few years ago. I knew her son had passed away, but that was all I knew. And it was the anniversary of his passing. And she said, I just need to know if he's okay. I said, okay, just send me his picture, give me his first name. And she did. And generally, I do a reading and I record it. And then I email the voice recording to them. And he came through to me clearly. Um, you know, he was fine. And often it's just images I get, or I get a thought in my head that I know is not mine. It is them speaking to me. And often there are symbols in place of actual things. Like sometimes if they had something going on mentally, you know, perhaps they were bipolar or something, I'll see wiring, wires crossed, you know, or something. So at any rate, um, he passed on the message, tell my mom I saw the butterflies. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm my own worst skeptic sometimes because I get messages that to me make no sense at all. And that I, you know, told her anyway I said he says to tell you he saw the butterflies and she called me and she says oh my goodness I can't believe he said that because he knows I love butterflies and I had collected butterflies in a jar today and released them you know in honor of him and his memory and I said well okay there you go he saw the butterflies you're you're good to go and it gave her so much peace and um, I'm supposed to do a walkthrough on 
her other son's home because he's been having incidents that he thinks are related to his brother. So we're still looking at setting that up. And my second occurrence happened, oh, probably about six, seven years ago. I'd gone to an antique and gun show and I think it was Marysville, California. And uh, often gun shows, antique shows, they combine them. I think they get the best of both, you know. People looking for guns, people looking for antiques. You get the guys, the gals. And I love antiques, so I'm walking around. And I walked by this one table with this lady. She was selling some guns and and, um, you know, we just smiled and I'm not interested in guns. I wandered by, but there was a glow about her. And as I walked by her table, all of a sudden I have a male uh, spirit following me, telling me I need to go back and talk to her. He was her husband. And I'm like, oh gosh, here we go again. You want me to go up to a total stranger, <laughs> pass on a message, and I proceeded. I'm like, no, I'm just going to keep shopping here. But he was pretty darn insistent. I thought, okay, got nothing to lose. She wants to think I'm Looney Tunes or whatever. I'm sure she'll tell me. And I went back to her, do my usual spiel of, I'm not sure how you feel about these things, but I have a certain ability. And I proceeded to tell her that her husband was with her and that he was apologizing and joking about not finishing the bathroom. And she was just wide-eyed and said, oh my gosh, that's what he was remodeling our bathroom and he dropped out of a heart attack. And so that solidified that. And then I said, well, also he wants you to know that, you know, there've been times in the evening when you go to bed and that you're especially thinking about him, that you've, you thought you felt him there, but you question yourself. And I said, you weren't wrong. He is there. He's watching over you. And he wants you to know that he's watching over you. And, of course, her eyes are tearing up. And she said, yes, I was sure I felt him a few times. But I thought I was imagining things. And then, of course, as I'm doing this, then this elderly couple shows up. Sort of, I don't know how to explain it sort of at a higher level, which indicated to me that they passed on a little further back. Her husband had only died, I think, within the past few months. And I said, okay, there's this elderly couple coming through as well, telling you they love you very much and that they're doing fine. And that floored her, floored me too, but she suggests my parents died six months ago in a car accident. And she says, I'm here, I'm selling my husband's guns. And, and that was it. And um, just gave her a, a big hug and, and she thanked me and I was crying, she was crying and, and uh, that was it. I was kind of done by then. I didn't buy any antiques that day. I, because by the time all that happened, I was wiped out. Went on home, but that's how it works. So I hope I just hope it gives people closure and to know that their loved ones are okay. So thanks again. Bye. Thank you for the call, Mary. Mary's a person to talk to if you want to talk to dead people, you know, or, or communicate or, or get a message. She 
that she'd be the correct type of person to talk to. I should phrase it, you know, yeah. to just if you run into her at a gun show, <laughs> because because <laughs> that, that it's crazy how that works with her. I mean, because she she just goes, she's in different places, and these things come to her, and it, the story she tells, it's usually very accurate as to. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't know why I'm going to tell this to you. And she's very brave for just walking up to people. I'm sure this wasn't always the case, you know, but after so many times you start doing this and you make these connections with people, she's got a gift. Yeah, you know? very much it's so. It's amazing. Thank you so much for calling in, Mary. I love hearing I love her, her stories. stories. Yeah. Now, Mary, like I said, she's the, the correct way to, to, I guess, get a message if you're going to get a message from the beyond. Mm-hmm. Um you know, a, a lot of times, you know, I, I I think things happen for a reason. I think if you happen to run into Mary somewhere and she comes up to you, I think that's meant to be. That, yeah. That that was supposed to be happening. I think a lot of times people then seek out, um, or not then seek out, but sometimes people, people just seek out trying to communicate with dead loved ones um, through means that may not necessarily end up getting them in contact with their dead loved ones, but maybe something else other than dead loved ones. Hence the Ouija board. Yeah. And uh, I got an email from someone um, about the the history of the Ouija board. Would you like to hear the history of this thing a little bit? Is it going to freak me out? No, it's just it's like a Wikipedia type deal. Okay. Except it's not from Wikipedia. It's uh, actually it's a brief history of the Ouija board. Uh, the source of this is a website called Mental Floss, which, by the way, I'm finding very interesting. I'm kind of clicking around it as we're listening to some of the calls and seeing some really interesting photos and things. It's kind of a cool website. Um, okay. Anywho, um, here's uh, their history of of the Ouija board. It's a method of supposed communication with the spirit world. Of course, we already know that the Ouija board has terrified countless slumber partying children and served as a plot vehicle for a number of films. Um, Here's where it came from. Spiritual and pre-Ouija methods. Okay, Ouija boards have their roots in in spiritualism, which began in the United States in the late 1840s. Claims that ancient Ouija boards existed are unfounded. Okay? Okay. So that's that's interesting, though. 1840s, in the scheme of things, not all that long ago. Right. So we start hearing in some movies, well, we found a Ouija board in the cave. It's bullshit. <laughs> um, the, new mo- uh, the new movement was led by mediums who claimed to be intermediaries between the living and the dead. There were a number of ways mediums made followers believe that they were communicating messages from those who had passed. One, table turning, which involved the table moving or knocking on the floor in response to letters called out from the alphabet. Another method used planchettes, heart-shaped devices with two wheels at uh, one end and a pencil at the point. Users would place their fingers on the device, which would then be guided by the spirits who would write messages. Both methods were problematic. Table turning took too long, and the planchette writing was hard to decipher. According to the Museum of Talking Boards, which exists, some mediums got rid of these methods altogether and uh, preferred to channel while in a trance, while others built complicated tables, dials, uh, and tables painted with letters that required people to use a planchette as a pointer. This method became the most popular and paved the way for the Ouija board. Okay, in, in 1886, the New York Daily Tribune uh, reported a new talking board being used in Ohio. It was 18 by 20 inches and featured the alphabet numbers and words yes, no, good evening, and good night. Uh, the only other necessary object was a little table uh, three or four inches high with four legs, and the spirits could use uh, to identify letters. The brilliance of the board was that anyone could make it work, and the tools suggested in the articles that a jackknife and a marking brush could be used. Now, op- operating the board... Uh, was uh, similarly easy. You can uh, take the board in your lap, another person sitting down with you. You each grasp the little table with the thumb and forefinger of each corner next to you. Then the question is asked, are there any communications? Pretty soon, you think the other person is pushing the table. He thinks you're doing the same, but the table moves around to yes or no. Then you go on asking questions, and the answers are spelled out by the legs of the table resting on the letters uh, one after the other. Of course, any messages generated probably weren't from the spirits. Instead, they were likely a result of the uh, uh, idiomotor effect, the psychological phenomenon 
was first described in 1852 by William Benjamin, Benjamin Carpenter in a scientific paper analyzing how talking boards worked, theorized that muscular movement can be independent of conscious desires. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, these types of talking boards became very popular in 1890. Elijah Vaughn, Charles Kennard, and some other folks had the idea to turn the board into a toy. They uh, filed the first patent for the game they called a Ouija board. So it is patented. We've talked about that before, wondering if that exists, uh, which looked and operated much like the talking boards in Ohio. The patent was granted in 1891. The name, according to Kennard, came from using the board and was an ancient Egyptian word meaning good luck. The Kennard Novelty Company uh, manufactured the boards, which are made of five pieces of wood across the face, braced by two vertical slats in the back, and they retailed for a buck fifty each. Uh, Kennard left the company in 1891. Kennard Novelty Company became the Ouija Novelty Company. Uh, an employee there eventually took over production of the boards in 1901, began making his own boards under the name Ouija. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, they go into design many different variations of the board. Uh, and the patent is still being held by someone. So you, I guess we can't just make a Ouija board and try and sell it. Um, that's okay. interesting. Um, because the board's huge success, a number of competitors tried their hands at creating their own Ouija-like devices. Uh, and they've been sued uh, many times. Uh, and he sued many of them until uh, his death in 1927. Uh, in 1966, the uh, state sold the uh, the right to Parker Brothers. That's who owns it and makes it now, which manufactured the modern boards, uh, which we know until, uh, up until today. In 91, Parker Brothers was sold to Hasbro. Hasbro makes Ouija boards now, which now holds all the Ouija rights and patents. Um, there you go. It just makes me want to go tell my seven-year-old to never play with a Ouija board at a slumber party because so, she's getting to that age. You know, it has a lot... Sm- uh, less, uh, I guess, nefarious past than I thought it did. Okay. Um, I, I thought maybe, you know, it was, you know, originally, you know, some, uh, I guess, well, it kind of does. You know, I was going to say witchcrafty or something like that. But um, but it was just a different variation of it, really. It just, because it did originally start there and, and with some mediums and such and then just kind of evolved and its creepy look is really nothing more than marketing. Uh-huh. That's, that was really just added to it for the marketing, you know, effect of it. But uh, interesting. That is very interesting. That's the history of the Ouija board, kids. Now you learn something. Uh, anyway, we're talking about that on Bill Nye the Science Guy. I'm kind of surprised there was not like a, uh, a Ouija episode. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not. But a great Halloween episode for Bill Nye, though, you know. Today, kids, the Ouija board. You know what? We should put together a show, the best of Ouija board stories, so we can oh, yeah. play it. For our seven-year-old, just to hit it home you so know, she doesn't she mess always, with it. She, she's always asking, can I listen to the show? Can I listen to the show? No, you can't listen to the show. You're going to have nightmares for a week. Yeah. Uh, we should make one just about the Ouija board. Go, okay, here you go. Let's listen. Yeah. <laughs> and that would that would probably hit home fairly well. Yeah, I, I don't want her to mess with it. Yeah. Uh, 855-853-4802 with your real ghost stories. Hi. Hey, Tony, this is Caesar Godinez. Um, I was calling to tell you my ghost story. Uh, pretty much what I was told um, when I was little is that when my mom was pregnant with me, uh, she used to see a lot of unexplained things. Um, she hasn't really gone into detail because apparently it's been like a scary thing to her. Um, she used to see things when she was little, but it escalated once she was pregnant with me. Um, throughout my life, uh, there's been a lot of things that have been going on. Uh, once I got older enough, my mom and my grandma eventually told us, um, and she eventually told me that our family has always dwelled inside of the, uh, witchcraft, uh, part, you know, um, inside of like Mexico and stuff like that our ancestors have always been part of that so a lot of you know a lot of people think that we just are connected to it I don't really know um if that's true but a lot of our family does see things and a lot of things do happen so it's probably not like it's not really a ghost story but it's just things that it's like sometimes I've noticed that 
people say, well, you're somehow connected in, in a way I think I'm probably connected through my family, through my heritage. Um, yeah, that's pretty much my ghost story. Thank you for hearing it, which is not really a ghost story. Bye. You know, my question there is it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing. Are they dealing with witchcraft because they have experiences with the paranormal or do they have paranormal experiences because they deal with the witchcraft? Well, and then it really depends what we're talking about in in terms of of witchcraft and such, too, Uh, because there's variance on that. You know, not all witch... The the comment, I guess, thought would be witchcrafts and witches, you know, and you think evil, demon, and that's really not what a lot of it is, Mm -hmm. especially modern. Um, And and I'm not an expert in it. I've had a couple people say thank you for pointing out that uh, a lot of witchcraft is not, in fact, you know, you know, demon worship or anything like that because it really isn't um you know and and probably so it gets a bad rap because it's used incorrectly uh, okay. the term a lot of times um but um but there are you know certainly and probably i think people are probably actually using the term incorrectly witchcraft but for the sake of what he's talking about um i i could see if your family had been involved in some form of witchcraft quote unquote probably not the right term to be using for that probably more so some sort of other I don't know what what it would be called I don't want to say devil worship but um, you know something where you're calling on spirits that are not necessarily the spirits you should be calling on or you know messing with whatever that may be whatever word that is that I'm not uh, coming to you right now um, I could see that pretty much probably you know, for lack of a better term cursing a family um, and following them around and their kin around for quite some time because uh, once it's in, it's in. Um, so I don't know. Um, how does that originate? I, are you are you calling? Because that's interesting. In modern times, we see it. We see people um, with haunting situations. Um, you know, the idiots that were at that haunted house the other day, where they, you know, they, uh, Malibu Barbie wanted to bring the Ouija board in, right? And they were they were having all the media come in, and oh, we tried this, we tried that, you know. I guess, you know, I'm very loosely using the term again because this is not the correct term to use. You're going to try all these different types of witchcraft, if you will, which is not the right term. But you try all these things. You don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, it just kind of conjures up more things and and stirs the pot even more. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just going on with that and I have no answer to your question. Okay. I, I don't know where, where it would start. I think... I think sometimes it, there's absolutely nothing and people are just curious mm-hmm. and that ends up stirring things up and starting things. And then there's sometimes where like that, you know, like the Malibu Barbie news story the other day where it's they're, they're trying to alleviate and find the solution to the problem. And in turn, they're just making more and more problems. Okay. So that's my thoughts on that. Okay. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost story. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I just wanted to start with telling you something that really blew me away. Um, my girlfriend and I were walking home from uh, going to the grocery store. And we were living in a situation where we had a roommate and his daughter stayed with him. And so we walk in. It was about 9 o'clock at night. And our room was in the front Um like when you walk in, you take a left, there's a bathroom to the left is our room. The bathroom was in the middle of another room that goes to the back. Anyway, so we walk in and my girlfriend being the sweetheart she is, because our roommate was in the back room with her daughter way across the room. Hey, honey, we're home. Anyway, that's what she was doing. And uh, I look over and I see a guy. Like maybe four foot tall. He looked maybe Hispanic, stocky, wearing boxer briefs. And he walked, looks like he walked from our bedroom. It's like he heard us come home. So like, oh my gosh, he was caught. So he walked down the hallway into the last guest bedroom. And I heard the door latch. I'm like, babe, somebody just walked (laughs) into uh, the, the room. Looks like they came from our room. And she's like, no. I'm like, yeah. Can you hear the door latch? Like, yeah, but I'm like, okay, so let's go to the door and see what's going on. She goes up to the door, like she's about to open, like, don't. He probably, Tony probably has a guest here, man. Knock first. So he knocked. 
nothing. Then we walk in, nobody in the room, not a soul. And there wasn't even windows that are openable. There are these little half like moon looking windows. You can't open and a closet. I looked in there and it just freaked me out. I saw the guy clear as day, full body apparition, just walked in there, freaked me the hell out. Then I found out later that uh, Tony, our roommate at the time, uh, told me that he had seen a guy in his bedroom walking towards his bed and when it comes close enough, he sits up like, what's up? And then the guy disappears. Um, it would end there, but the funny thing is, is we live next door to uh, people that were part of the uh, Taps family. The API, I believe, out here in Sacramento, California, Carmichael, uh, California. And so we called them to do an investigation. And sure enough, um, investigation, they, uh, they had a psychic and then they had the real investigators. They said there was so much activity going on in the backyard. The barn doors and shed doors were slamming. And then they actually picked up on a Mexican guy and a little girl that were in that house. Um, and that Mexican guy, I believe, was the one I saw. Freaked me the hell out. I saw a full-body apparition. I couldn't sleep forever. Um, at the same time, I thought it was just the coolest thing. Anyway, that's one of my stories. I have a few more. Just don't want to, you know, don't want to spend too much time on your... Uh, on, on your show there because there's a lot more people that want to get you want to probably get their stories in but it was just a trip I don't know what it was and how that happens but uh yeah what a trip anyway want to tell you you guys are awesome I listen to you nightly and if it's not a new episode I'll go back and listen to it like a way old one you know um, love you guys you guys are awesome and uh, thank you very much again my name is David and uh, thanks for everything all right Talk to you later. David, uh, thank you so much for the call. And please do call in with your other stories. We would absolutely love to hear them. And we do have a lot of stories to get to. But having a, a log of stories to get through is is the best problem we can possibly have. It is. Uh, because <laughs> when we first started the show, it's like, well, we're going to have enough sto- stories to do the show on a nightly basis. Yes, we are. Now, thanks to you guys and your support of the show. So please do uh, call in. We will uh, get to your, your more of your stories. We'd love to hear them. And yeah, that's creepy. Are you familiar? I'm, I don't know the people he talked about. That's one of those. It's a reality ghost show that okay. taps people. I don't know what. I don't know if it was a travel channel show or something, but it was maybe history. Cha- I don't know. I it should was know one that. of them. I should know, um, but I don't. But it, it was one of the earlier uh, reality ghost shows that came on. I would say uh, early part of the two thousands. Okay, uh, and so before everything got super overproduced, um, uh, it wasn't bad. Um, it's it's just I don't, I don't know I don't know what if it exists anymore now but uh, it's a legitimate organization um, you know just as I think you know I, and I should clarify this too because we were talking today about the uh, um, the the ghost adventures folks I think those people I mean just as the the guy who spoke out about the show um, the people who are into it and we're actually doing it are legitimate investigators they want and they but they were at the mercy of you know the network going we really need to do this but. A lot of these people who are out there trying to get the stories who are on these shows are legitimate trying to get ghosts and, and capture these things. But it's it ends up being the networks that are like, no, oh, we need content, which yeah. you do for a show. Um, so uh, I'm not saying anything about bad about the actual investigators. It's more so uh, how do you produce a reality TV ghost show and have content you know, on a consistent basis? But uh, yeah, interesting um, that both people saw the the entity. You know, it's like an unwanted roommate. <laughs> yeah, I wondered when they said that they were living with a roommate, if that had something to do with them seeing the apparition. I mean, like, if if maybe the roommate was one of those people that brings it out. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah, you know, kind of like indi- Todd, when he's got yeah. certain friends over, then yeah. people start walking upstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But then when he's alone, he doesn't... Right, doesn't hear it or see it or believe he doesn't or writes it off as something else, <laughs> which I think he does more than anything is he rationalizes everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, that's an interesting text. I wonder like if that roommate, you know, goes away or if that roommate went away, if they still had that 
that going on. Yeah. David, right? That was his name? That was his Yeah, he'll name. need to call in and, and uh, uh, talk more about that and, and what happened afterwards. Uh, or if you know, the roommate's still there and if it's still going on. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Please press subscribe to our show. That helps us out quite a bit, whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, or write in your ghost stories as well. Just go to realghoststoriesonline.com and click the Tell Us Your Ghost Story button. One more call. Hey, what's going on, Tony? Uh, my name is Justin, calling you from California, and uh, I just want to say I love your show. Uh, you do a really great job, you and your wife. Um, I look forward to every episode that comes out. Just a suggestion, uh, perhaps on Facebook, maybe you could like open up so fans of the show can post, you know, weird photos or you know, at, you know, things they pick up, orbs or any kind of cool stuff they get in some of their shots. Because I took a really awesome photo once when I was living abroad in Ireland. I was on a uh, bus tour in the northern part of uh, Belfast, and uh, it was at an old hotel called the Halfway House, and the bus tour guide said that the the place was haunted, and it had been haunted for over 50 years, and was owned by like an ex-boxing champion. Anyway, so we're going past the the Halfway House, and you know, I take my camera out, and he doesn't stop the bus, I just take a really quick snapshot, and then I get back to my seat, and I look in the top... Uh, part of the picture in the upstairs uh, window and there is a silhouette of a uh, face uh, shoulders and kind of like one of those almost like a 17th century you know weird you know kind of crochet looking kind of like you know human like collar things that would go around you know what I mean so it looked like that and then you could see like the face of a skull like the, like the eyes and everything. anyway Un- unmistakable it's amazing and I really want to show this to you man because I really appreciate what you're doing and the show's awesome it's dope I look forward to it every time um, and I was like oh I wish I could just like upload this to Facebook so anyway uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan on there and uh, I wanted to see if that was possible if you could kind of at some point put that in there um, if you still want to see the uh, picture uh, send me an email um, I'd love to send it to you it's really something else even the bus driver you know is telling me like you know, he's like, oh, that's something else, laddie. You got to send that to the, the manager. You know, in his little Irish, you know. <laughs> he's like, he thinks he's still blow it up, put it on the wall. So, anyway, but glad to send it to you. Um, and if there's any possible way, you might be able to give me the links for those bonus episodes. I'd really appreciate it because uh, I haven't heard either of the two that are available. So, thanks again, Justin from California. Keep up the great work. Bye-bye. Justin from California, email me, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, and uh, I'll send you those uh, links to the bonus episodes. Um, as far as posting a picture on Facebook, you can. Uh, that that does exist. Um, there's nothing really stopping you from doing that. Um, if you just go to our, our Facebook page of Real Ghost Stories Online, um, you can post right on there. Uh, uh, or even underneath any of our stories, if you'd like. We get uh, letters uh, from folks all the time uh, with links and all sorts of interesting stuff. So uh, feel free to uh, post it up there on our Facebook page, um, or you can always email it to me, uh, and we may just post it ourselves right back up to our Facebook page. You, of course, just email uh, me at Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, that picture. And that goes for anybody else out there that may have some uh, paranormal uh, photos or video or or interesting things to share. i I got to find this one video that uh, somebody had sent to me years ago um it was when i was on regular radio and they uh sent it in for the halloween show and it was in kansas and it was this video um that this woman took outside of her home and it was this entity that just it was it was on the other side of the street just like walking down the street and it just it floats right i believe like it floated right through a car and just kept kept going and you just it was bizarre. And you don't know where this is? You need to dig that out. I'll find it, yeah. I, I think I, I have talked about it on this show before. Um, it, it's been a while. Um, I think it was on a very early episode. It might have been even last year that okay. I had talked about it when we first started doing kind of a, a show thing on here. Uh, but I will find it and uh, bring that back up for Halloween or something because it was creepy. I have a question about the Facebook thing. Yeah. I know that there's certain things you can do from your iPhone or your mm-hmm. smartphone, and there's certain things you have to be on the computer for. Is that maybe one of those things? Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, okay. Facebook is so ridiculously clunky. I mean, now, it is, as everyone has noticed, if you have the Facebook app, you can't check your messages anymore because they require you to get a second app to do that, which seems like a total step in the wrong direction for anything. 
it, it's making it less and less, you know, conductive for using their services. Um, but I have received photos through Facebook before, so you should be able to do that in theory. Um, but like I said, if not, if you're having an issue doing that, um, just email me, T-O-N-Y at realghoststoriesonline.com. And uh, I'd love to see that photo, and we'll, we'll talk about it on a future episode, post it up on the website or post it up on uh, on our Facebook page through us. And if we post it, more people will see it than, than somebody else posting it. So um, I'd love to see that um, that photo. And it's a great idea. So, of course, uh, we And tell we us, too, that. in the email where you took it so that we can... Yeah research that a little bit yeah love to uh to hear more about that 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost stories of course uh press subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to itunes stitcher youtube it helps us out quite a bit and get that bonus episode by giving us a review on itunes right now uh give us a review email me your username that you did that under and i'll email you back with that bonus episode t-o-n-y at real ghost stories online.com is the oh, email address to to send that too all right there we go and by the way really cool swag it's starting to get chilly well at least in some places it is i thought there was like snow or somewhere in colorado the other day yeah uh but uh it will be getting chilly and there's some cool sweaters and uh hoodies and stuff up uh, on our website realghoststoriesonline.com go to our shop our store section and help support the show that uh helps us give you these uh these episodes every single day because it ain't free bandwidth it costs money, believe it or not. 855-853-4802, by the way, for your Real Ghost Stories. So, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Good night. Good night.